0: Welcome back college students. School starts tomorrow. High school school starts tomorrow. Middle school school starts tomorrow. Parents school start tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah and watch out for the school buses. Get back to work. Anyway I want to go ahead and just welcome you guys again. If you're a guest first time guest welcome. Today, uh, we're going to uh, end the sermon series we've been working on all summer, called Mar- not all summer, but the last two weeks, called Margin. And this one here is a big one. We call this one Moral Margin because it's, um, we want to put morals and we want to have margins in our lives as believers. How many, I want to ask you a question, how many of you know somebody who's been involved or has been affected by adultery? Wow. How many have been affected or know someone who able to child had a child out of wedlock? Wow. How many know someone that you might walk with who is struggling with pornography? Wow. Well, that's what we're gonna cover today because you're gonna see some stats. I'm gonna talk about some stats today about what's happening in the church and what's happening outside the church. This area of morals has been so distorted in the world today, and it's kind of creeped into the church. And the, big, the biggest thing I want you to hear, though, today, is not about you getting yourself right. It's about you getting back in right fellowship and relationship with Jesus. See, God doesn't hate you because you screw up something. What happens when you, when you screw up something, you break fellowship until you repent from it. And we're going to talk about an issue that affects every one of us, because at any given moment, any given time, we can fall to a moral issue. If you notice, I'm 55 years old. I've been looking at the paper, and guys my age have not been finishing strong at all, especially as pastors, because no one's immune to this. And if you're a parent, you need to get this because you want your kids to be successful in life. So when we talk, I want you to go to James chapter 1, starting in verse 13. One thing about this, again, you want to know what's moral margin? I'm going to give you a definition. Putting distance between you and temptation. Putting a distance between you and temptation. We want you to have distance because we're all will be tempted in some area. One thing I know is about hearing about adultery, hearing about pornography, hearing about sexual immorality. The one thing I hear from people say this, they say this one key thing, I never thought it would happen to me. I never thought it would happen to me. I thought I was immune to that. No one's immune to this, as long as you live on a falling earth. Amen? Amen? So James chapter 1, starting in verse 13 through 15. If you have your Bibles? Turn there. Here we go. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it's conceived, gives birth to sin and sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. And this is in James. I love the book of James. They call it the Proverbs of the New Testament. And James is talking about, if you look at the beginning, he's talking about trials. Because there's a difference between trials and there's a difference between temptation. Trials is an outward circumstance that affects your faith. Temptation is an inward enticement that will affect your walk. And he's talking about the difference between trials temptation, when we get into temptation, everyone's immune to it. No one's left out of it. You can't say, well, I wish someone was here to hear the message. No, you're here to hear the message because we're all, temp- all going to come into this, this area. Jesus was tempted, but without sin. Now, I want to explain to you how you can get caught up without margin in your life. Because look, I'm gonna say this to you. Temptation is an opportunity to accomplish a good thing in a bad way. Think about it. It's an opportunity to accomplish a good thing in a bad way. It's like this. You guys will be taking tests soon. Yay. It's good to take the test. It's bad to cheat on the test. You want to get a good grade, so you study for a good grade. That's a good thing. But a bad way is you cheat to get a good grade. So temptation is an opportunity to accomplish a good thing in a bad way. Because you don't recognize God gave us a lot of things to enjoy on this earth. I call it the common grace to man, to all of us, food, money, wine, and sex. Everything that God created was good. Wine isn't bad unless you do it in a bad way. Sex is magnificent unless you do it. Why are you laughing? (laughs) Unless you do it outside of marriage. Food isn't bad unless you're a glutton. All those things he's given us to enjoy. But if you're tempted in those areas, you'll destroy yourself in those areas. And the one I want to focus on today is the one sex, because it's the most devastating thing in our lifetime. It destroys families. It destroys marriages. It destroys kids. It destroys a nation. It will destroy a church. I lived in Abilene long enough. I watched great churches go five to 600 people. One moral failure in the pulpit. They're down to 50. No one's immune to this. Here's my heart. God has created us to be, have a great relationship with him. One thing I know is with the body of Christ, not all of us, that we walk around in shame and in guilt and condemnation when we should be walking in victory because we have a father who loves us. How hard is it when you fall, if you fail somewhere, and you try to come to church and they say, worship, worship, clap your hand, praise, and you're like, I don't feel like that can. Because you feel guilty, and you feel shameful on something that's correctable. All you got to do is repent. To a loving father who will cleanse you, he's faithful and just to cleanse and take away that sin. Because it's a relationship. I told this to my son the other day. I want you to get this before I go any further than this. I told this to my son. I said, I'm your father. A father loves. He doesn't judge. A father loves. He doesn't judge. So when you deal walking with our father, he loves you. There's nothing you can do like we talked about last week to lose his love. So when you look at this scripture, and we unpack it a little bit, James, 3, it looks at some things here in the very beginning here. He said, let no one, when he's tempted, think God did it. You know why? Because whenever someone is affected by a moral failure, the first thing we would say, God, why did you let that happen? And it has nothing to do with God letting it happen. It's about, it says here, the person did it. God didn't do it. God did not tempt that person. His own desires sent him up. And you look at a word here, fishing. How easy to be tempted? It's like a word when you are getting lured away. How many love the fish? And you put the lures in the ground, and you, I mean in the water, and you watch the fish what? Swim to it. And you're like, get that bait, hook that bait. Bam. Same way when it comes to temptation. You get lured away. And then saying to the Lord's that I hook, and your desire becomes evil. And it's hooked, and you're hooked, and you don't know how you get hooked. And he talks about fishing. Then he talks about that you're hooked. He's talking about childbirth, conceiving. Brings forth. It grows up. Sin grows up and becomes something. That means it can take over a matter of time. If you're walking, let me talk about a man here. Can I talk to you guys for a minute? Here's one area, if you go to work every day and you're looking forward to seeing somebody who's not your wife, you're already in the zone. You already got the hook in your mouth. Now it can take two years, it can take four years, it can take five years, it can take five minutes, but you're hooked. You've been hooked. Same way college students, looking forward to seeing, why are you looking forward to seeing her? or him, you're hooked. Because what it is, desires, it talks about here in desires, they must be our servant, not our masters. See, the kingdom of God, walking in the kingdom of God has nothing to do with feelings. It's all about truth. Your feelings will trip you up and that will be your imitation savior. It feels good, it sounds good, it's gotta be God. Not necessarily. If the truth doesn't lie with your feelings, you have a false doctrine you're walking with. And there's one, even one who knows you have those feelings, the ones that God has given you, that are good. That could be bad. Lured away by an enticed by his own, not God's own, his own desire. It's not just guys, it's ladies too. Give me some Statistics. Pornography is a $57 billion, rep, um, $57 billion worldwide rev, uh, business. Out of that $57 billion, United States is $12 billion. Revenue. Having a relationship with a computer. That's more revenue then all the professional sports teams football, baseball and basketball franchises combined. Remember I told you last week, when you're talking about scheduling mas- margin, about 20, spending 23 hours a week on the Internet? Here's the thing that's shocking. About 60% of men and 40% of women will have an affair at some point in their marriage. That's a false lie. But they're telling people that so they'll feel okay about it. And you hear this lie. Oh, we, had an affair. we have them on TV. We had an affair and now our marriage is better. What? No, it destroys people. It destroys your spouse. I don't care if you have the act or not. Even if it's some emotional affair, you're cheated. And Jesus said this, if you look at someone the wrong way, you've already sinned. By our own desire, which was created good. But this world will drag you down. Think about it. Because evil desire is the real source of temptation. And in the word entice in the Greek means to bait a hook. To bait a hook. You're led away and there's a hook. You're enticed by something and all of a sudden you're hooked by it. And you have to accomplish it. You have to discover it. And as a young man, I heard all those things. If you weren't if you weren't had 2.3 girlfriends, you weren't a man. Now, most of the time I share this with guys. I'm not going to go as deep as I go with the guys. But that's a lie I heard. Hey, <laughs> dad, how am I doing? You only got two girlfriends, man? What's wrong with you? You are not a man, unless you got three. So what do you want to do? Every Every dad, every son wants to... Please, his father. Come on. This is real. We should talk about this in church. The beta hook. The beta hook. And it says this the desires, when it's conceived, turns into sin, becomes death. And death, death of relationship, death of your relationship. Of your, of your spirit, just death. Nothing good comes out of that. Because lust is going to grow up and be something. It's going to grow out as something that's not going to be good. I want to help someone here today. If you're on the cusp, get off it. There's a man in the Bible, Second Samuel 11, how I many you know David, a man of his own, God's own heart? David is king. The, the, if, clear, if you look at the history of the scripture, David was about 50 years old. The Israelites were taking the Sabbath, what do they call us? I think a Sabbath, not Sabbath, but the town, Rabbath. town, and they were putting siege warfare to it. If you know about siege warfare, all you do is park people outside the gate and make them and starve them out. Nothing comes in, nothing goes out. And it says this, that, during the season when kings should be going to war, David stayed home. And as he was staying home, because he should have been out with the troops, he goes out in the, in the, on, his, on his patio, and he, meet, he gets a hook. He has some desires He got hooked. His name was Bathsheba. Now, if you look at, you look at all the different uh, customs there, they already had a rule there. Basically, if you had a house... Higher than someone else, because they would take baths on the roof. You weren't allowed to look down. You didn't look down, because you might see something you don't want to see. What well, he saw, and beyond all reason, investigated. He got the lore, he got hooked, he asked the question could it stop then? She's married. No, it feels right. Desire. I must. Sleeps with her. Starts to grow. She gets pregnant. This is in the Bible. I love when God doesn't put perfect people in the Bible. Nine months later, she's about to give birth. That's when the the prophet showed up. Between that time... He says, man, because, you know, sin leads to what? Death. I got to get rid of the husband. I try. I got to make. Let me let me put up this idea that, okay, I will have him come back. I'll get him drunk and then he'll sleep with his wife and it'll be like he did it. Glad I didn't have a DNA test back then, huh? Didn't work. What David ran into was David when he was younger. The man would not, he got, he got drunk, but he would not sleep in his house because as long as my troops out there, I'm going to be like you were, sir. Tried it again. It didn't work. So, guess what? Let me get one of my guys in, in on this. Put him out on the front line so he gets killed. Leads to what? Death. Killed him. Death on his hands. Here's the most amazing thing because some of you are like, oh my gosh. I'm not that bad. We all are. We just hide it. But we have an amazing God. When he repented, he restored him. Now, there were some consequences. Lost a baby. But he was still a man. That's a man after God's own heart. That means he wasn't perfect. But he was sufficient. And that's what just a story of our lives It's not Bathsheba, it can be a computer. It's not, it could be eating. It can be, if you have problems with money and you gotta spend it all up and you want someone to help you with it because you misuse it, because you're greedy. It can be anything. Our desires will fool us because of our fallen nature. But we have a heavenly nature and you gotta feed that so you can fight against the other one. We need the margin. Here's where I run into trouble, I always did this before. You always tell somebody have margin in your life, and what's the first thing they tell you? How far can I go? How how much can I negotiate and not be touched? Dude, just stay way back here. We should deal with that in the military when you have to lose weight. Oh, you have to you have to run, you have to keep stay fit, and you always ask the troops, Sergeant Brown. What's my max? Why are you asking about the max? Ask about the minimum and stay below that. Same thing with us, without margin our life, we wanna float the line and we'll move it up. The world moves it up because now, what I'm saying is a sin the world says is normal. It's okay to have an affair. It's okay to tell someone, come up to some woman and tell how much you love and adore her. It's okay, you're supposed to be like that. There's no line anymore. You people are crazy for drawing that line Think about it. What they are calling, I've read that in the Bible, what they're calling normal is sin. And some of us fall. It's okay if I, if I sit up when I go to the dorm room with her and we do our homework together on the bed. It's okay. Really? You trust yourself that much? It's okay. We just kiss once. Come on now. Hook. Sorry. I'm animated. It's okay. It's okay to surf the net. Everyone does it. It's okay to have an it internet. It's all right. That's not going to bother anybody. It's not going to hurt nobody if I'm staying up all night looking at these girls that don't exist. Then I get mad at my wife because she doesn't look like that? And now, in fact, I don't even know how to relate to her anymore because I'm so condemned and so guilty. I don't know how to relate to her anymore because my mind is all polluted. It's OK. And then, hey, if you a minister, we all as long as I can preach good on Sunday, I can do anything I want. Because I'm a minister. Really. You preach who you are. Not what you do. If You are doing all this. You're not a minister. Because, it, like I said, it takes time. Think about a president we had. didn't take much time for him. We became primo, head of the country. Fell. He had that problem back in college. Satan just let, us just let it go, let it go. And let when he's in so much influence over a nation, now expose him. And he messed up every youth pastor, because I was a youth pastor then. Because what is sex? I didn't have sex with that woman. What's the definition of sex? And then the nation was divided. I couldn't believe that. And then it went to some teenagers I used to preach to. Pastor Rich, this isn't sex. Are you kidding me? I seen that in the book when I was a teenager. That's off. But the definition changed. Because he waited until he is fully influenced. And now some of us are on the end of the mess. And I know it hurts because you either were married to somebody, or you were engaged to somebody, or you were involved in somebody where this happened. It hurts. It takes years, ladies. It takes years, guys, to get through it. It's not easy because betrayal hurts. And I understand that. It takes a long, and it hurts and until you're healed. You can't have a decent relationship with anybody until you're healed, because I know it hurts, but it's not common. It's always common, because as long as someone's walking fully with God, they'll never fall into it. And here's what it is. Our church needs to have that margin. We don't ask about the max. We ask about way back here. You, ins- you don't have to insulate yourself. you got to know yourself. I tell this to the guys all the time, I don't trust myself. That blow your mind, right? You're a pastor. No, I know. There's nothing good in me unless Jesus put there. And that's what I'm saying. So David, when he fell, you know what he was doing? He wasn't doing anything. He was idle. You know, a man that's idle is a dangerous man. Uh, there's a, uh, Samuel Johnson gave this quote. If you're idle, be not solitary. But if you're solitary, be not idle. If you're idle, don't, don't be solitary. If you're going to be by yourself, be not idle. Young men, you're no good idle. And y'all look at me like, I got this together. Pat." No, you don't. You're looking good because your parents are here. And Pastor Sammy said, he's going to talk to y'all this weekend about that. So get ready. He got the notes. Just kidding. And that's what it is. Don't be idle. Ephesians 5.3 says this, but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Nowhere near you, when people see you, that you can't be labeled with that. As believers, it's tough. You cannot be with that. It says, don't be maimed around. Be away from it, not up on the line with it. Now, there's only one way to fix this. And I love the Bible, how simple it is. Everyone say, run. Say it again. So you want to know how to get past sexual immorality, get past all those sins. You run, Forrest, you run. <laughs> it doesn't say stand there like Superman. It says haul. And I'll tell you what the word run means. I got to give you a scripture first. I'm getting excited. First Corinthians 6, 18 to 20. Flee. We can stop right there. Sermon over. From sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexual immoral, immoral person sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You're not your own, but you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Talks about you were redeemed by Christ, that we are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And whenever you fall into sexual immorality, you're taking the Holy Spirit with you. If you're a believer, my, you know, one guy said this. He said, How far, my old pastors say, they will ask this question, How far can I go? I mean, yeah, how far can I go? He says, Son, if you're walking with Jesus, if Jesus will frown at what you're doing, you're too far gone. Too far gone. And that's what it says glorify God in your body. The word flee means this. Fugo to run away to shun to escape to what distant oneself get away distance just your, give yourself some margin don't even entertain that don't even have friends that entertain that you can't walk with the wrong people expect not to pick up something i don't even entertain it because here it is it's all about our relationship a vibrant relationship with god but when it's tainted it doesn't do well. Because who wants to walk around in shame and guilt the rest of your life? Why? And who wants to keep destroying families doing this? Think about your children. What, they're gonna, what you're gonna teach them. Distance oneself. That's the word margin. Get away from it. Now here's an interesting thing I put. Staying away from sexual immorality when it's all around us requires two things. An act in an attitude. An act? The act of what? Act of what? Everyone said, act of what? We'll make sure you're there. And the other one's identity. You say, how do you get identity out of this? He said, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Do you know who you are? Why would you lower yourself down as a temple of Almighty God? Why would you even subject yourself to that? Women, why are you subjecting yourself to no, nons- no kind of relationship with somebody who's going to bring you down? Versus you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. You are walking. You are queen with God. Why would you lower yourself into this stuff? Come on, somebody. It's about identity knowing who you are. That means you have to have an attitude. You got to know who you are. When the football team steps on the floor, they'll step. They know who they are. We are this team, and our job is to destroy you. I am, right. If you didn't have that that attitude back, you're going to lose. I am a child of God. Why would I settle for something less that God's not going to give me? Why would I live a life below that? Identity. I am the temple, the Holy Spirit's inside of me. Why would I lower myself to those things? Why would I let desire lower me down to those things? Why? Why would I sell for second best, third best versus God's best? Why? It's an act. I flee, I distance, margin, and how I know I keep my identity because see, you might've fallen, but you did not lose your identity. The devil wants you to think you lost your identity. You're less than, you're less this. No, you're not. You just one relationship re- restoration back. You one repent way back. See, it's about more than just being here on earth. It's about being a temple and a representative of God. It says, glorify God in your body so when people see you, they need to see Jesus in your manners, in your dress, in your presentation. And you say, I have to work on, you don't have to work on the authority. When you're walking with Jesus, you have that authority. It's about identity, not about doing it. It's about being, not doing. Now, the easy thing is to run. The second thing is this. draw a personal line, draw a personal line. Make up in your mind, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna I'm, gonna, I'm gonna build some margin in my life. I'm gonna build some margin in my life. There's things I need to correct in my life. How about this one? How about dressing for success? I love, you know, you live in Texas and summertime, the way people are dressing the ladies sometime with the shorts. You want to go to the mall? My wife says she tries to go to the store, can't find nothing that don't go like down here. And then you want someone to pray for you? Lord, <laughs> where's my wife right now? Because <laughs> I want to look hip. Hip. God says, let's be different. So young people, don't let peer pressure. You don't even be affected by peer pressure. You got, you got to put Jesus pressure on your campus. How about boundaries, proper boundaries? You know, I see some of you guys. Hey, I've not seen in a while. stand up. And then y'all try to do this, this gold big bear hug thing. God, what are you doing? Proper boundaries is this. I'm just going to teach you this. Okay. Thank you. Now my wife. Yeah. <laughs> but outside my wife, no. Even when someone grabs me like I have to go like this. Y'all see me. Y'all say Pastor a is weird. No reason why. Proper boundaries recognize proper perspective. I see a daughter. I see my kids, and you. My sister, in Christ. Proper boundaries give you proper perspective. And that's why you glorify God in your body. Last we'll one last thing. How about this? Monitor internet activity. There's great websites to filter that stuff out. Because everyone has where is it? Oh, everyone has a computer and everyone has a phone. But here's the thing. You got to flee this stuff. Can't tell how many people man, I can't have a problem with Well, take care of it, sir. triplexchurch.com Put two people on you, three people. The minute you hit something, that it doesn't even sound like it's wrong. They're calling you. Hey, bitch, what was that? Sounds weird, but I want, as Jesus said this, the enemy of this world is coming, and he has nothing on me. I want to have a clear conscience that he has nothing on me. So I can experience him fully he can show up but you got nothing on me you are blocked now he said because you love your wife no because i love god who helps me to love my wife supremely but i get radical about this and i want everyone to be radical about this you want all that god has for you you got to put those things in motion we don't live in heaven we live here on earth where things are turned around a little bit, but that don't mean I can't install heavenly, heavenly principles here on earth. Why walk around condemned? Take a change, take, make a change. Now you make a change, go to Hebrews four, because I don't do better. You can't do better. But we don't have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses because we're all weak in this area. But one who in every respect has been tempted as we were or as we are. That means to go out here today, you will be as we are, yet without sin. That means Jesus became a man so he can sympathize with what we're doing here on earth. That means you can go to him and he will bring the change. You try to do it on your own, I'll just take three steps and you need to have him. As a believer, you need to know him more. You need to repent. Cause God wants to do something special on the earth and his not his desire is not to you what you walk around bound up. And this is one of these hard ones. But God loves you so much to give it to you. Because He wants you to be free. Jesus was tempted Without sin. Said when he went into the garden. When he went into the wilderness. Forty days later. He was tempted. Hungry. Tired. But he used the word on him. Because he had a personal relationship with the father. He didn't say good. Let me give you some good tips. Devil. And it said this. Hey. He beat the devil there. But that don't mean the devil took off and was gone. He said he'd come back for a more opportune. And he did it to him again. The same test he went on in the garden, I mean, in the wilderness, he put on the cross. If you're God, come off the cross. He has the same playbook. Destroy us with the things that God has called us to live pure with, distort that which is holy and pure. Sex is holy and pure. He is the initiator, He is the creator. And the devil's a counterfeiter. He can't create anything new. He just counterfeit what's there or perverts it. And it makes it so hard that we, we talk about in church when it should be something we're teaching all the time. Moral margin. Moral margin. Not what can I get away with. I need some distance from this. On your campus, you need some distance on this. In our workplace, we need some distance on this. Because we want to finish strong. Everyone my age, I have to finish strong. A lot of things are changing in the kingdom of God today. Got TV shows about Christians. I'm like, oh my gosh. Money? Is this all about money? And then we justify it with some false doctrines. You see, it don't matter who you are that can fall prey to it. And everyone, it's a good thing. Like he said in the beginning of James, but everything good is not everything for me. It's not for you. Every head bow. It's your time with the Lord.